I confess, my first love was my high school sign language teacher. It wasn't sexual, but we would cuddle and hug for hours. She was very Christian and married with kids. I think she thought she could reform my lesbianism by dating me? Question mark, question mark. (laughs) Yeah, and question mark. Bedpost Confessions is an Austin, Texas-based live show featuring smart storytelling and anonymous confessing. Stories heard at Bedpost Confessions, as well as sister shows Unspoken and Confess, all explore themes of humor, vulnerability, and emotional justice on varying topics. No matter the topic, the highlight of any Bedpost Productions is the participation of the audience members sharing their own secrets in the form of anonymous confessions, which are read aloud during the show. It's fall of my senior year of high school. I'm eating lunch with my friend Amy in the cafeteria one day, and I look up from my butterscotch crimpets, and I'm like, oh, crap, you're really hot. (laughs) Instant big crush. I already adored her personality. She had big, kind of goofy teeth that I suddenly found super attractive, and long, curly black hair that was super shiny. And when did Jessica Rabbit ass and titties ever hurt anybody? I start putting moves on her, but I have no moves. (laughs) I have never pursued anyone before, and the guys who have pursued me have basically just scared me into sucking their dick. It's not really inspirational. (laughs) Except for the boy who courted me with homemade hemp necklaces. He got into making them after spending time in a psych ward where some girls taught him how to do elaborate braids in their hair. He got really into the braiding, came home, got into making the necklaces. But Amy is not the hemp necklace kind of girl. And since I lack the imagination to figure out from scratch how to pursue her with any kind of coolness or grace or basic human dignity or simple self-respect, my strategy is to pester her into making out with me. Obviously. I did this to almost all my straight girlfriends in high school, one of whom is here tonight. And it worked more than it should have. (laughs) Finally, a real plan presents itself. It is flawless. Amy starts smoking weed. I know a bunch of kids who sell weed. We'll go buy weed together. I'll take her back to my parents' house. And then something will happen. So one beautiful autumn Friday afternoon, I borrow my mom's minivan, and Amy and I go together to buy weed from my friend. We're flying down back roads, blasting good early 2000s music. This is the pure golden light driving montage in the movie. After this extremely romantic drug deal, I take her back to my parents' house, and I do get her into bed. The twin bed in the room I share with my sister, who is also here tonight. (laughs) 
I have a very specific memory of being on top of her and looking down at the Little Mermaid sheets. Like, oh, Ariel, fuck. My whole family is home. Amy won't let me touch her very much, which is fine. I am super excited to grope her over the shirt and like French kiss her a lot. Nowadays, I would find this amount of tongue repulsive. I don't even French kiss my wife. At 17 though, it was not only tolerable, but even super enjoyable to kiss Amy very wetly for like two hours. <laughs> and then I start feeling this glowy thing happening all over my body. I get kind of lightheaded, like a fainting Victorian lady. My underwear is kind of damp. My cooch is pulsing and the warmth has spread all over my body. I mean, you guys know how orgasms are described in stories. <laughs> my mom calls from the hallway. Hey, is Jamie staying for dinner? <laughs> no, actually, Amy looks really bored. And she makes her escape. And that was my first orgasm with another person. Six months of fucking my ex-boyfriend got me a chafed vagina and some really good leg twitches. But to come, I needed a month of frustration, two hours of dry humping, and a serendipitous crotch seam in my jeans. <laughs> Amy and I made out one more time at one of those magical parties where everyone is smooching everyone. A few times I tried to booty call her in the middle of the night but she was always too tired or too gassy. <laughs> if a girl tells you that she can't hook up because, oh, sorry, I'm just farting a lot. We had broccoli tonight. <laughs> she is not that into it. <laughs> Five years later, my high school class had a little reunion at a bar around Thanksgiving. I was living back at home in Baltimore with my parents. My mom had cancer. With the recession, I couldn't even find a restaurant job. I didn't even make it past the first interview at a Cheesecake Factory hiring event because um, your attitude says you don't really want to be here. <laughs> Which is true and yet hurtful. The one good thing is this girl I'm dating long distance. So I am the person in a sitcom or a B-list movie getting hammered at the high school reunion because they have a bad attitude about their crappy life. And in walks Amy. She looks phenomenal. She is with a boy. She is definitely avoiding me. I grab my friend Ava like, oh my God, come with me to the bathroom. I have a very embarrassing story to tell you about myself. It's urgent. I even tell her about the last time I talked to Amy. Drunk, one night in college, I texted her, hey, I still think about you sometimes. She wrote back, please don't contact me again. <laughs> well, according to Ava, Amy had been messing around with like three or four other girls in high school, all of us ostensibly straight, including Ava herself, who, when we get to the bathroom, follows me into the stall, that's normal, girls do that. I sit down and pee and she sits in my lap and then she rip, rips open a little paper packet 
and sniffs her hand, ah, that's cocaine, which I am literally afraid of. <laughs> so I'm on the toilet, Ava is sitting in my lap, doing coke out of her hand, and then she kisses me, and I'm like, girl, get off, I had to wipe like 10 minutes ago. When we got back, Amy was gone. I woke up the next morning with a headache and a $300 credit card receipt in my pocket that I had signed in purple eyeliner. I may have been broke, but I was generous and I had flair. That was Thanksgiving 2008. I haven't heard anything about Amy since. I see Ava on Facebook. She married some guy. She's a telemarketer. She posts memes about the Orioles. Thank God that long-distance girlfriend finally let me pester her into marrying me. It was a three-year campaign. Because I never did get good at pursuing beautiful girls. I did, though, figure out a more efficient way to have orgasms with another person. You lie down next to them and use a vibrator like an adult. And I would be lying if I said that Amy never crosses my mind when my leg is twitching... I'm almost there, and I need something weird and pimply, something fraught with embarrassment and shame, but still kind of sexy, to nudge me over the line. Thank you. It has been a really amazing experience the past five years. Bedpost Confessions is produced by Julie Gillis, Mia Martina, and Sadie Smythe. Audio production is by Ian Danskin. Confess with us at bedpostconfessions.com. Until next time, we will leave you with a few other confessions from the audience. I confess, my fiancé and I were camping in Guatemala. The neighbor's kids were being loud late at night, so we decided to have sex as loudly as possible. (laughs) It was nice and quiet after that. (laughs) I confess I was terrified and grossed out to try butt stuff. But now it's the only way I can climax, even when I'm alone. And I'm a heterosexual female. Your clitoral nerves go fucking everywhere. (laughs) Just get in there. Multi-purpose. I confess, nothing makes me feel manlier than knowing I can take her big pink cock all the way in. Yes, yes. well done.